Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. survived another debaucherous Labor Day fantasy football draft weekend. I think this is the last one that will be in Charlottesville as as the group of people that has been gathering there has been steadily scattering mostly to the, frankly, mostly to the Mountain West. Uh, but uh, we're, we're, we're here and uh, we're, we're standing on the brink of a new season. It's about to be autumn. Uh, although, uh, if you ask Starbucks, it's been fall for a whole damn week. Yes, it, it has. Um, you know, according to Max, the most wonderful time of the year is here, which is... Uh, pumpkin season? Pumpkin you go season. straight to hell. P-M-P-K-N-S-Z-N. You go um, straight yes. to hell twice for that. Yeah, Ma- Max, what, what kind of pumpkin goods have you had it, you know, over, over this week? Because you've, you've already indulged a little uh, bit. I've only had one pumpkin good uh, <laughs> this week, and that was a pumpkin donut from Dunkin'. Yeah. I was going to say the old name of that restaurant, no. and I stopped myself. <laughs> restaurant. Lives in, Boston, lives in Boston for less than a year, starts referring to it as a restaurant. This is telling. <laughs> um, no, but I think in that, you know, we're, uh, we're going to get into today with the fall. I mean, to say nothing of the fact that fall has already started, and it's the day it is, but we... The thing that's synonymous with fall now is not the the leaves changing and the weather getting cooler for those of us in this hemisphere. Um, it because is, it doesn't. Yeah, it, it <laughs> is the arrival of pumpkin spiced items, which is you know strange. I mean, the pumpkin lobby isn't even that strong. These are gourds, but and apparently the at, nutmeg lobby is. Yes, and and I just I just want to read quickly, you know, just from the start. And this will get into the uh, get into just kind of the absurdity of some of this stuff today. With which is uh, it's a tweet from this guy Kyle Plant Emoji, which or Twitter message, excuse me. It says, "quote Pumpkin spice refers to the spices used in pumpkin pie and doesn't actually taste like pumpkins." End quote is the quote frankenstein was the name of the doctor end quote of this decade <laughs> and this is this is this is great because there's these items there's such a conversation and it's there's a side and there's a response and then there are fortunately these wise people on the social media feeds that take a step back and go all right this is ridiculous please stop enjoy yourself if you so please yeah. as max is doing I mean, we should stipulate that it, it is true. It is true that these things do not actually have any sort of pumpkin flavoring to them, or at least things that are called pumpkin spice. That is yeah. referring to the spice blend. That's why I'm 
talking about the nutmeg lobby, which really is at the absolute peak of its powers. Yeah. But if you, you know, if you, you may not know that if you have been under a rock for the last 10 years and, and never heard of the the pumpkin spice latte, in which case I'm incredibly envious of you and would like to trade lives with you as soon as possible. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I said it's been fall for a week, and that is because Starbucks, you know, Starbucks started fall uh, yeah. earlier than it's ever happened before. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it's kind of just, you know, having... Uh, they they released the the PSL for this year on August 27th which was last Tuesday uh and, and you know it just having i think especially having worked in retail advertising for the last 4 years uh it just i can't help but think of how you know how christmas shopping season has crept earlier and earlier and earlier. like eventually pumpkin spice fall is going to start on the 4th of July Right? Yeah. It's kind of the only logical endpoint. Yeah. It could just be a year round product. I'm blown away that it's not. Yeah, Mm -hmm. me too. Yeah, and and the thing is too is is I think that this this season is really a big deal for for Starbucks in in part uh, you know, because they do make uh so much money off of 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 this this pumpkin spice beverage and the various mm-hmm. things they introduced a new one this year i know uh i i know we're giving a lot of publicity to them at the moment but one thing that happened also and i think it's worth mentioning in as we get into the the greater theme today is that uh you know starbucks really dodged a bullet here um you know because this uh, this time of year for them, which is huge, was being uh, encroached upon by uh, Popeyes because because <laughs> Popeyes also took took a decided that they were going to start their own season, and the season was the season of uh, chicken sandwich wars. Yeah, the pumpkin spice chicken. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh! You listen. You can't just be having those ideas on this public forum like this. We got to see those. I do. I do pumpkin meetings. spice you shot, fries man. from Popeyes. <laughs> yeah, so you know, it, it again in case you've been under a rock and not following the developments of you know pe- people uh lately <clears throat> Popeyes came out with a a chicken sandwich that was meant to be uh, a competitor to the iconic fast food chicken sandwich, which is the Chick-fil-A sandwich. Um uh, and it started a lot of things. It started a lot of conversations, most of mm-hmm. them on Twitter, most of them really dumb. Uh, yeah. But it also spawned this whole uh, much longer than expected news cycle of people, you know, uh, people writing about chicken sandwiches and which one was better. Uh, the overwhelming consensus seems to have been that the Popeye's one was better. Um <clears throat> and then also another news cycle that seems I think is maybe even continuing now as we record this of people talking and thinking about the discussion and discussing the discussion and yep. naturally as as is the case this is spawned from one of my least favorite things in the entire universe uh brand twitter yes 
Max, I think you're a little more sympathetic to brand Twitter. Do, do you want to give the, the sympathetic, uh, uh, joyous response to it or the chuckling I, response, maybe? I think brand Twitter is when, like, brands try to have these, like, witty, funny personalities on the internet that aren't just boring, like, we have this new product. Uh, it makes me think of, like, when Wendy's tweets things, like, trying to duke um, trying to diss Burger King or their competitors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just kind yeah. of very super um, informal, like, communication from brands, I guess. Yeah, I, I think mean... Target does it, it's too. It's these brands pretending they're people. Yes. Yeah, and, exactly. Well, they oh. are. I mean, I think according <laughs> I'm sorry, to are you f- are you familiar with Citizens no, no, no. United? No, no. They, 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 they are, are people. They are persons. I would argue that they are not people. Well, I'd say that a lot of people, a lot of entities on Twitter are are not people. They are persons. Okay, they are that's, entities. That's fine. But so, yeah. Go ahead. I, look, I, I will. I will say this: for my intense, seething hatred of uh, witty corporate Twitter, uh, I, I will accept that. It, like it's it's a useful marketing tool. I, I hate it, and it it kind of negatively works on me. It just, it puts me off and makes me not want Wendy's, uh, which is, you know, it's, that should be a, they should see that as a huge problem because I like Wendy's and Wendy's yeah. Twitter makes me want to not eat Wendy's. Um, but that's fair. I just, don't think it makes me want to eat Wendy's at all. <laughs> I just don't even think, I mean, but that said, it's like, it is a useful replacement for TV commercials, because people our age, but not even people our age, people younger than us, are increasingly not in a position to see TV commercials. You know, they're watching, they're watching their TV through streaming services where mm-hmm. they either just don't see them at all, or maybe they have the option to fast forward through stuff. And you know, it's upending. It's upending the the business model. I like. I'll grant that. I I hate brand Twitter, I, and I may or may not have said that if the class war starts, I'm gonna kill the Wendy's Twitter person in the public square first to show that I'm I'm on the the side of the uprising proletariat. But all that aside, like that's fine. They can do their thing. I'm not following those brands on Twitter, so for the most part, I can avoid it. Um, I think that the brand Twitter at play in this whole chicken sandwich thing has been so bad that the social media managers at all of these chicken places should be fired. It's just, it's awful. The, the, the most kind of prominent one was that Chick-fil-A tweeted some insanely terrible thing. Like, bun plus chicken plus pickles equals all the love for the original because they had the first fast food chicken sandwich and like that's a bad and dumb tweet but whatever live your life and then Popeye's like who whatever 26 year old works in Popeye's social media office tweeted y'all good like that's it's yes. just bad like that's not yeah. you should get a, a poor mark on your performance review for that yeah but you say that, but the fact that we're discussing it as is is I would say a testament to the fact that they are being successful. And these are marketing platforms. That's what they are. They are advertising platforms and they are cheap. I would point out that there has been analysis done and apparently everybody talking and here you know, we're part of this, um, everybody talking about Popeyes and the sandwich 
gave them $23 million worth of free advertising. Those people tweeting did an incredible job, and they probably aren't paid that much, and they, unlike the the... the the Who big CEOs. The worth of that, though, this this is like this is like when uh, Darren Ravel. Can, this is what Darren Ravel tweeting about uh, how much I will like, tell the value you of right the now. free advertising of Peyton Manning mentioning Budweiser after the Super Bowl. Like, it's I, I so nebulous. Like, it doesn't it it doesn't mean anything. I mean, I think it. it you know the the signal there is that. Um, International Business Times reports that various sources said Popeye's earned anywhere from 20 to $23 million from its new chicken sandwich and the controversy that attended its reveal. One source, Apex Marketing Group, estimated Popeye's earned $23 million in equivalent ad value across digital print, social TV, and radio in just 11 days since August 12th. I mean, the theme there is that that because they created such a discussion and such a rush – they they got this publicity from it and that generated value that they didn't have to you know put ads on buses to get you to buy the chicken sandwich they're out of the chicken sandwich i'm sure they didn't expect to be out of the chicken sandwich in two weeks oh i i think it i think what's happened with the chicken sandwich is like i'm i'm suggesting that the the attempt to actually quantify the value of the free marketing is ridiculous because the price of advertising is not fixed and it's just super rough estimates it could have been like 10 million dollars worth of free advertising it could have been like a hundred i no idea um I, i think it's easy to say that what's happened with these sandwiches has been a huge marketing victory and a huge supply chain failure like they someone along not sorry supply chain is actually not the right is not the right uh, part of the process to call out here. Uh, someone, someone, kind of fucked up and either didn't anti- like didn't anticipate the the demand that this would would bring up, and they they weren't prepared. Or someone is a goddamn genius and said, "We're just gonna give them a little taste." And we're gonna get yeah. them all hooked, and then we're gonna make them wait for it again. That's. Um, <laughs> like, I would say, I mean, Ma- you, you work in marketing or have in the past, so you yeah. would know. Uh, Max, isn't that? Isn't, oh no, I, I can't that imagine. I, but seriously though, I, I really I can't imagine that what they wanted was we're gonna have this thing that we're gonna generate all the buzz in the world with, and then within two weeks we're gonna have people abusing our uh our our employees in stores because we're out of it and they don't have any control Mm -hmm. over that uh but people are animals and don't understand the you know or or certainly don't consider the logistics behind their chicken sandwich and so then get mad at brian who works at popeye's because he tried to show up 10 minutes before they closed on a Saturday night and they didn't have the sandwich. Like, you know, this can't, I can't imagine this being intentional because if it were intentional, that would mean that they, that someone in Popeye's corporate thought, like just didn't think through these possibilities at all or thought through them and said, Oh, our people are probably going to get harassed and abused by, you know, a bunch of consumers. Okay, let's yeah. do it. Any- oh, wait, we're talking about a, a large fast food corporation. That that yeah. may well have and, happened. 
and and I would say this gets to I think the greater point yeah. of it is our while you they don't they don't call them that yeah our, right. our, uh, our associates our, our resources our, resources, our, our, human our renewable capital. resources yeah I I, I really our human dislike, liabilities <laughs> I really dislike the word resources the way it is used to describe what I would call human beings um, <laughs> because and this gets to I think the greater point of this and and you know thinking back to the the PSL the pumpkin slice latte and other things too which is Sean, while you're busy with the brand Twitter operators, uh, I am more concerned with people like Howard Schultz, for instance, who said, let's make this pumpkin spice latte craze. Let's turn it into something. And, you know, let's make the unicorn frappuccino. And let's take these people who are, you know, making less than a living wage or may, or maybe they're just making that. And let's work them to, to, to smithereens. You know, over the sandwiches, you know, potentially burning themselves on on uh, the 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 hot air, the hot water, the the steam that's used to foam beverages and and stuff like that as you rush through your Starbucks and everything. And I mean, there are, <laughs> I'd say that there are you know maybe other things that aren't as popular as those two. Those are really in the cultural zeitgeist right now. But you know, if you're working at Taco Bell and all of a sudden they release you know the new Doritos Locos Tacos, or all nacho of a sudden fries. nacho fries, or all of a sudden the Taco Bell is serving breakfast. So now you, as a worker, go from expecting to work certain hours to oh yeah, you got to come in mornings now because you got to sling hot coffee to to people who are trying to get those sweet sweet churro fries or whatever. I, I mean these. Sure. The conversation of these these food fads, it, just to, to round that off, is their decisions specifically being made, and they have uh, you know ramifications. and And I think that some of the backlash is really well thought out and needs to be had, but maybe directed to who is not consuming it, but who is producing it. That yeah, that's fine. I, I'm I am not I'm not at all making the argument that you know, brand social media managers are a greater ill than the monstrous CEOs that they work for. I, I'm, I'm, I do think that when, when the class war happens, Howard Schultz will be perhaps better protected. He'll, he'll have a little, you know, he'll have a fortress in a way that, you know, the, the Starbucks social media manager won't, but like, you know, this is a certain extent to which, you know the the brand Twitter folks are are carrying the water and you know sanitizing and laundering those decisions, and in a way that I like, I, I'm not I'm not here to celebrate. So I, I'm again, you're you're probably 25 and have a degree from some sort of liberal arts school. Like, I, get your money. That I'm I'm with you. You're not getting that much money. I'm sure of that. But yeah. get get what you can. Um, just know that I hate what you're doing. <laughs> Meantime, <laughs> I look and 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 that's fine. I, I'm I'm allowed to hate it. They're allowed to tell me to go fuck myself. The, and, yeah. and they should. If I if I meet, if I were to meet the the Wendy's Twitter child tomorrow, and it turned out that they listened to this podcast and they called me an asshole. I would say, yeah, you're you're right. That's well deserved. Yeah. Enjoy your day. <laughs> Maybe call me an asshole again. You, you've earned it. Um, yeah, and 
and I would and I'll, I'll read this for you, Max, because it it strikes me as someone who, with your, I know you really like the pumpkin items from, uh, Trader Joe's. You buy the pumpkin yeah. bars a lot. Well, they are the. I, I don't know when their stuff comes. I think it's October. I think they actually wait till either the last week in September or even October first. So, and this kind of gets into, I feel like you're kind of a step removed because you're not buying the pumpkin spice latte, but you are in on the pumpkin spice products. Who says um, I ain't buying PSLs? I, I, you know what? I shouldn't say that. I apologize. Uh, I mean, I haven't had one yet, but I'm, I will, I will have one before happen. the season is yeah. over. Yeah. I got so, three Starbucks notifications today alone. The, so the, in any case, there is a certain, there's a certain stigma attached to it, which is this word basic, the, the, the archetype of the, the basic person, I'll just say. Um, and so there's a BuzzFeed piece about basic and class anxiety written by Anne Helen Peterson. And, and she wrote the following. Uh, unique taste and the capacity to avoid the basic is a privilege, a privilege of location, usually urban, of education, exposure to other cultures and locales, and of parentage, who would introduce and exalt other tastes. So to summarize the groundbreaking work of theorist Pierre Bourdieu, we don't choose our tastes so much as the micro-specifics of our class determine them. To consume and perform online in a basic way is thus to reflect a highly American capitalist upbringing. Basic girls love the things they do because nearly every part of American commercial media has told them that they should. Um, and so this this creates a discussion of essentially hating pumpkin spice lattes a way of othering those who drink them and in the process making ourselves as decidedly unbasic. I, I mean – I think you are more mired in in who is who is going and buying these these pumpkin spice things, and and do you think that there is really archetypes ascribed to people, be it if you're on one side or the other? Is it a question to me? Yeah, yeah, to you. You're <laughs> oh. the consumer. Um, I don't think so. No, I think maybe a little bit. I don't know. There's there's probably like a personality that people would associate with that, but I think. I think a lot more people than that are, are purchasing the product. Um, yeah, I don't know, Sean. What do you think? <laughs> I mean, I think I think that divide exists more on a day to day basis between the people who go to Starbucks and the people who are anti Starbucks. Yeah, it, it. But it it does it feels a little magnified at this time of year because I mean, like, look, we'll grant that the people who go to Starbucks and get the pumpkin spice things are a smaller, more zealous subset. So, so the people, the people who are against Starbucks all the time, that that's the thing. I think the people who go to Starbucks, but don't drink PSLs in September, don't care as much as the it's, it's assholes. Like, you know me most of the time although like i don't i also don't care that much but like i don't go to starbucks when i can avoid it sometimes like you gotta have a cup of coffee and and that's what's around but like you know someone someone with my coffee consumption habits is probably much more likely to you know to be a a dick to someone you know, over drinking a pumpkin spice latte than than someone yeah. who goes to Starbucks and just gets coffee there. Yeah, and I'd say in in some instances, and this this comes up especially with the the pumpkin spice and 
and maybe even the the chicken with a little bit, but you deal with these these uh, quote unquote feminine versus quote unquote manly trends, and so you've got this this pumpkin spice thing we're having this discussion over, and and the the stigma attached to it. But the 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 person I should say, not necessarily the guy, the person who goes in and gets the the you know the the venti red eye with with four shots or something with extra shots like that's fine no it's still like this weird archetype that you've been told it has been marketed to you that oh to be a strong person and a hard worker you got to get up at 4 30 and go have a ridiculous amount of coffee and caffeine I mean, we you know i think sure that person's heart hasn't exploded yeah, yeah that's what i'm saying i'm saying what's going to put you in the grave faster the diabetes or or the hypertension <laughs> i don't know <laughs> um but i mean it's all you know, I think that unfortunately, there's. I don't know that there's there's, and not that I expect it, but there's there's not anything that we can necessarily do about it because these companies very well know that we're going to react to things that we think are going to, uh, you know, reinforce our our viewpoint. I mean, to 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 step outside of step, okay, um, of, of food for a moment. I think of a, a buddy of ours who, who purposely bought a well-marketed brand of shoes because they didn't have any logos or anything on them. Uh, and that was a really big deal to them. And then they realized very quickly afterward that everybody was buying those shoes right. for the same no reason. They sold is this the logo. Yeah. No logo is the logo. So these brands are making money. Because not so much the products, but because they know exactly who we are and how we're thinking. Um, and it's I haven't done this in a while. Represent, man. Yeah, and I, I haven't, I haven't mentioned this in a while. But there's a very excellent Mad Men episode where, where, where <laughs> Don Draper markets something that he knows his wife will buy, and she buys it. And creates an ad campaign specifically for that. And you're like, that's ridiculous watching the show. No, it's no, not. No, it's not. It's definitely it's not. It's not. Oh, this I is... missed this. Yeah. That, one, that's, that's, that one's very germane. <laughs> this feels like the early is... days of the podcast again. Yeah. This is not. You, you are the product. You are the product. Yes. Max. You are you are you are the pumpkin spice latte. Aw, <laughs> thanks, Pierce. You, you are the, the pumpkin spice. The, no, the pumpkin spice latte was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> oh man! Uh, oh god! All right. Uh, well, I feel like we've all uh, we've all, and by we, I mean I've gone and catharted a little bit and vented some of my frustrations with the world. Uh, anybody have final things that they want to add before we move on? Max, what's your favorite favorite fall pumpkin spiced item? Uh, it's got to be the pumpkin spice sous vide egg bites at Starbucks. Um, have you no, one of those? That is no, not a real thing, I hope. Although I have seen Johnsonville, I believe it was Johnsonville pumpkin spice sausages. No, that was a real thing. Don't I don't know that those that. are real. That is real. But my my favorite is probably a um, like a pump pumpkin muffin with a little bit of like cre- like the cream cheese frosting like they put on carrot cake. Ooh, that's really good. That does sound um, really good. And then pumpkin bread is good, and and pumpkin donuts are just sweeter 
pumpkin. It's all just the same. Yeah, I, I really like. I have to. I have to ride for the pumpkin donut because it's kind of a. It's it's kind of a cinnamony donut, and it, it's mm-hmm. kind of a simple cake donut, and I like those anyways. So I will go to Max's favorite Boston area restaurant, which others others just call a coffee place, uh, Dunkin', or a and maybe donut get one place. Of those. A donut place. I got to call out for a pumpkin pie, too. I just kind of skipped over it because it, like, doesn't fit in with the rest of the stuff in my head because it's like we've always had pumpkin pie, but pumpkin pie is really, really good. Yeah. 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 All right. Cool. Well, uh, if you want to share your pumpkin spice thoughts, your food fad thoughts, or just tell me that I'm an insufferable dick, uh, Come find us on Facebook and Twitter at Pretty Okay Pod and 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 let us know. I'll 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 take it like a big boy. I I, I accept it. I deserve it. Uh, and and we will move on as we do to Pierce's sorry. So, what are you apologizing for today? So, I believe that this this episode is going to come out on uh, what traditionally is for me was always the first day of school, which is the the Tuesday after Labor Day. And so that means that I recently got my favorite, you know, catalog slash magazine in the world, which is the L.O. Bean Fall catalog. Um, and a lot of thoughts come come back. And, and I think one of them, too, is, is you as a, as a youth, you have certain routines for food and stuff. And I wasn't necessarily taking peanut butter and jelly to to uh, school to eat. I don't really remember what I was eating, but I do know that, that peanut butter was around. And I realized last night that... I have uh, I have committed I, I think really a, a cardinal sin um, because over time we we form tastes and those tastes inform our habits um, and I realized that that I probably and and also marketing um, I probably need to apologize for my peanut butter choices because I have been I realized for a while now I have been buying and choosing. Not Jif, but creamy, quote-unquote, natural, skippy peanut butter. Now, I I think it's good, but I don't know why, and I don't know why I keep buying it. But I keep buying skippy peanut butter. And here's the thing. Just buy Jif, because that's all any of us ever had, I think, because of marketing. Choosy moms choose Jif, which there's some issues in just that ad campaign, and I don't know if they've changed it, but that is what comes to mind. Or, just buy the store brand. Why buy this, like, bastard child in the middle? Well, but here I am. Well, Someone along the way, you probably had Skippy when you were a child. I'd, I'd be willing. No. Really? No. No. I, I think I bought skippy like once because it was on sale and i kind of liked it and it's i i'm i'm maybe most like bothered by the fact that i keep getting the quote-unquote natural kind which is weird because as max is having them on for and i've actually i've actually apologized for peanut butter before for having stir, you know stirred steered max in the wrong direction of natural peanut butter that you actually had to stir a bunch or maybe it was that i got you some that you didn't have to stir and you're like this is weird i'm supposed to be able to stir it um but yeah any case it's it's natural but you don't have to stir it so it's what does natural mean that that word has no meaning in marketing i know that so i've really got myself twisted up in, in a ball but now i'm afraid that the habit is there and i won't be able to kick it okay uh uh-huh. 
I actually just <laughs> got I got a new kind of peanut butter too. I I think I was for whatever reason I was at Whole Foods and the uh the only peanut butter that was on sale was the fancy boy Justin's natural no, stuff. It's fine. It's it's, it's not better than Jif. It's not better than Jif. It's not. Um yeah, the only problem is I can't tell you how many uh like butter knives i've lost that just get stuck on there and you yeah. never can get them out from stirring see i i'm a i'm a spoon proponent i'll like pull it out with a spoon and then spread it with a knife or just with the back oh, of the I'm, spoon no i'm saying you have to stir it because it gets separated and here's my take if peanut butter was supposed to be like this special thing uh, it's it's not it, it's it's not uh, you know my apologies to george washington carver but it's it's not supposed to separate in my mind. It is supposed to be as it is. It doesn't need to be fancy. It it's it's sugar. It's sugar and salt. It's wonderful. Like just have it. I don't know. All right. Uh, okay. Thank you for for that. Uh, we will close the show as we do every week with a big idea from pop culture. And uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna read you something. There's a version of the story of this company in which idealistic journalists unconcerned with profit are posed against ruthless business doers concerned about profit above all else. That would be a convenient story, pitching me and my colleagues and friends as people who just care too much about the truth to yield before the gale force winds of capitalism, but it wouldn't be a true one. The real and less romantic story is this. The journalists at Deadspin and its sister sites, like most journalists I know, are eager to do work that makes money. We are even willing to compromise for it, knowing that our jobs and futures rest on it. An ever-growing number of media owners, meanwhile, are so exceedingly unwilling to reckon with the particulars of their own business that they refuse to accept our eagerness to help them make money. They're speaking a language no one else does, proud of their own inability not just to not fail. I think that should say not just to fail, but to not understand the terms on which they're failing. The tragedy of digital media isn't that it's run by ruthless, profiteering profiteering guys in ill-fitting suits. It's that the people posing as the experts know less about how to make their money than their employees, to whom they won't listen. Um, You know, I've I've chosen to go get educated and then try to to make a living in a, uh, some would say dying, I would optimistically say rapidly changing field uh, and reading stories like uh, Megan Greenwell's account of what led to her leaving her post as the editor-in-chief of Deadspin uh, frankly they're a fucking bummer uh, and yet at the same time uh, I feel energized by by her willingness to to call that shit out for what it is and to you know to celebrate what is good in in journalism and and frankly the, the way she sicked her own reporters or or her reporters on you know the the corporate trouble at at Deadspin and, and what used to be Gawker Media and its various parent companies over the last couple of years has been yeah. inspiring. And it, it is, even as journalism is quote-unquote dying, like it, it is really great to see uh, 
it, it's great to see the people that that practice that uh, standing up for what they do and saying, no, it's not. We're going to keep doing this even mm-hmm. as people try to knock us off that. So uh, yeah. if you haven't read her, essentially her exit letter, which is called The Adults in the Room, uh, I'll link it in the show notes. You should definitely you should read it. I half want to print a copy and, and keep it by my bedside uh, for, for days when things feel hard. Uh, but fortunately, uh, Megan Greenwell, who by all accounts is an A plus editor, uh, is, you know, landed on her feet is at wired now running their website. And so good for her. I'm, I'm glad that yeah. hopefully she's in a place where, where her work is going to be more valued. And it's just, it's especially a bummer because I really, you know, I know at least two of us love Deadspin and, and Deadspin's mission to be, to be irreverent and to, to not sort of stop at the surface of what happens in the world of sports. So, you know, keep, keep supporting places that do work that you are into. It could be in all Mm -hmm. facets of the game. Buy records. I I bought, you know, I talked about Alex Leahy last week, and I bought, you know, I bought her record at the show because even though I've listened to it, you know, I've streamed it a dozen times or 20 times or whatever already. It's like she deserves my money. She deserves real money, not the pittance of, you know, streaming royalty that she got from all the times I listened on Spotify. So, like, Mm -hmm. you know, support journalism, support creative work because increasingly these you know these ventures are are being run by people whose first priority is not making sure that high quality creative work or high quality independent reporting is being done so it's up to us yeah and and i would say that one reason that that uh across those sites deadspin and and the the geo or gizmodo media whatever they call them now that they've been able to stand up and, and stay strong is because as labor day has just passed it's worth noting that they are unionized in the face of these ever-changing you know c-suite folks that that are really interested in profit and won't listen to their actual employees one way that they will listen is because that they have collectively bargained and they have very strong unions so uh you know if you're in a place where that's that's an avenue you can go down. There's a reason that Deadspin continues to do great stuff, and that's a big part of it. Yep. All right. I'll 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 step down off of my second soapbox of the day to say that that is the end of the show. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter at PrettyOKPod or at our home on the web, www.prettyokpod.com. Uh, I haven't used this... Uh, this ending to kind of harass you guys to write stuff uh, live on the podcast in a while. So uh, let's let's say that that's also where we have our various writings. We haven't had any in a while. So uh, maybe maybe step it up, at Max. I'm still waiting for that draft of something about fruit. Um, it's been basically since this podcast began three years ago. Uh, so hopefully we'll have new stuff for you there soon uh and either way it's where you can find our 
podcast every episode along with our notes and a list of all the music that we play. You can subscribe to the show feed on your device and podcast app of choice. If you do that, please do us a favor, leave a rating, review, comment, or just tell a friend about the show. We would love to share what we're doing with them as well. We'll be back again next week as always to talk about something else. Until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. I'm Max. Thanks for listening. Back. Right.